Please bow your heads in memory of Confederate soldier Silent Sam. They toppled Sam. They toppled Sam. They toppled Sam. How happy I am. How happy I am that they toppled Sam. Because you see that Sam was a fucking scam. Really nothing more than commemorating the clan. So if you want to take your hatred, take it inside where you can go ahead and celebrate your hatred pride. Go ahead and call it a culture. But please, my friends, you know, you're just vultures. I mean, come on, slavery. You had human beings in chains working for you for free. And yet here we are, not that many years later. And you still have a major party trying to cater to these nasty ass humans carrying forks and torches. Having romanticized views of grandpappy on porches with a shotgun overlooking the slaves, just dying for one of them to misbehave so that Southern gentleman can exercise his right to take that black kid out of sight with just one bullet in the head. After all, it's his right. It's what the law said. After all, you can do whatever you want with your chattel. You can beat it, milk it, just like cattle. We all know what they mean when they talk about MAGA, but we're here to cut the caca with our intellectual swagger. Bienvenidos amigos y amigas a Cut the Caca! Welcome, Cutters. That is the voice that you will hear on most Spanish uh, radio stations. They all sound the same. They're all... ¿Cómo están este día? Vamos ahora a jugar esta canción. Anyway, at least that's how I hear it. Maybe I'm crazy. So anyways, thanks for joining us on another week of this madness. Let's talk about statues. Let's talk about symbols of hate. Let's talk about those things that... A lot of people who want to defend that these things are great. Silent Sam, this Confederate statue that has been a very uh, controversial one, uh, like all the Confederate ones have been down at UNC Chapel Hill. My alba, alma mater, two times over. I got my law degree and business degree from there. Um, this is a statue along with other buildings that, frankly, as a student having attended, um, it was very uncomfortable. Every single day you look up at monuments to people who, if they had their way, I would be in chains and certainly not in the school. So people who look like me, brown and black folks, minorities in general, uh, probably not even women. So anyhow, uh, about 250 protesters uh, basically got around the statue the other night and toppled it down. Now, quickly, you know, what's the issue here? The issue is whether or not we should have, at least for me, this is how I frame it, because this is what it comes down to. The issue is whether or not we should be commemorating traitors because a war was fought. The Confederates lost. They tried to secede. They lost the war. After the war was over, in the early 1900s, in an effort to maintain white superiority, early 1900s, all of these statues across the country were put up. That's the truth. That's a fact. So, fast forward 100 years later, should we still be doing this, knowing full well what these symbols stand for? Now, what you're told is that these monuments are about culture, and they're about other things, and has nothing to do with slavery. Fine. Clearly, that is a caca argument. But even if we go ahead and assume that is the case, I think where there's a very wonderful example of when, regardless of how you feel about a symbol you hold to be sacred or whatever it is, 
when it means an entirely different thing connected to genocide and murder and evil, you have to get over it. You have to get over it. In the Indian culture, there's the swastika. The swastika is a sacred symbol that was perverted by Hitler. And now you're talking about an entire culture having to give up one of their symbols because somebody else came in and perverted it. So even if that symbol, which did not predate the Confederacy, so obviously that symbol was made in recognition of the Confederacy. So if you take a look at so this is my whole point to get to it. If the Indians got over the perversion of the swastika because of what Hitler did with it, then Confederates can get over their, their symbol. All right? Get over it. Regardless of how you feel about how it's, you know, what it stands for for you, the reality is it's a sign of oppression. End of story. Deal with it. So you have less claim over that than Indians have over the swastika. Okay? So if the, if the whole entire Indian culture has decided, all right, you know what? You don't hear any of them you know, flying their flags in, 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 in defiance and sitting here saying, no, we don't care how, you know, the fact that six million Jews were exterminated. We don't care about that. We want to fly the swastika, which rightfully belongs to them. And that culture goes back a whole long way, long ways before, uh, you know, the Confederacy. All right. We're talking about 102 years, 100 years old compared to, you know, an entire civilization. So cut it. Get over it. That symbol is a symbol of genocide, slavery, etc. So, all right, end of story. Furthermore, to completely destroy the argument that these statues mean anything but what they actually stand for, which is, again, the continuation of white superiority and the subjugation of every other race, you only need to look at Carr's inauguration of that statue, Silent Sam. Take a look at that speech. And how he brags about whipping a black girl and all these other things. All right? It's plain as day and it's there. And um, shout out to one of my B-School boys who gave me, um, pointed me to that, uh, that speech. So anyhow, the link will be up on the website. So you can take a look at that speech. So it'll be on cutthecaca.com. Uh, every time we post the episode, you can look out for it there. Um, there's always episode notes um, with all of our sources and everything that we talk about on the show. So the speech will be there. The link will be up. Enough of that. If you want to have these symbols to you know for yourself or whatever, put it in your museum. Have your you know National F- Museum of Hate you know funded by the RNC. Because I know I sound like a broken record, but we have to always this always ties back to again you know who what party supports these things and it's the republic clans i'm sorry that's just the truth anyhow let's take a quick break and we'll come back and discuss history in the making and the worst week in the history of this clown show called the presidency the wagons are circling back in a minute All right, let's get on to our final topic before we wrap this thing up with uh, the week of fatherhood and uh, some updates for what's going on. This week, on the same day, within an hour, Michael Cohen, the president's former personal attorney, regardless of what is said, not a part-time attorney, not whatever, the president's attorney had business cards saying, attorney to the president, 
pleaded guilty to a litany of offenses, the largest one which directly implicates for the very first time the pig. So think about this. Up until this point, they have had as weak an argument, nonetheless had an iota reason reason to it, is that they were still never a direct link to him. Never a direct link to him. Never a direct link to him. That's the talking point. For the first time, now there is one. Now, I think there's a very common misperception about the significance of what occurred on Tuesday. So within an hour, his personal attorney pled guilty and his former campaign chairman, chairman as in the person running his campaign, was found guilty on eight counts. And the only reason why the other 10, why it wasn't a complete sweep and it wasn't all 18 was because of one single juror, an admitted Trump supporter, held out. Otherwise, all 18. So it's like a clan. He's David Koresh for these guys. Google David Koresh uh, for those who don't know who that is. That's what uh, our president is to these people because there you go. An entire jury, including Trump, other Trump supporters, would have found Manafort guilty on all 18 counts. Now, we're going to get back to Cohen and because he's the bigger fish right now, and we'll explain why. But uh, just so we know, you know, you know, Manafort's next week is going to be in D.C., and he's facing even uh, longer sentencing for those charges if and when he's found guilty of those and a less friendly court. So going back to Cohen. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, th- what does this mean? And this doesn't mean that the president did anything wrong. It's, it's his word versus Trump's. No. That is caca. It is not his word versus Trump's. We were there. It was his word. Up until this point, he said, she said, that is no longer the case. Let me quickly explain why. So this is what you can tell anybody who's out there saying that there still isn't anything and there still are no ties directly to him. All right. As a result of Cohen's plea and what was written and released to the public, which is not the entire case file. All right. So let's be clear about that. What was released to the public is not all that there is. Michael Cohen pled guilty to felony campaign finance illegalities. In the plea agreement and in the court document, the court found, which is the key here, they found and accepted as truth because it is backed up by evidence that's still not yet seen, clearly, that Cohen was able to prove that the president ordered him to commit the felony, which makes him a unindicted co-conspirator. So this is past, he said, she said. That puts him on the defensive. So it is no longer Michael Cohen's word versus Trump's word. Now, Mueller doesn't take this plea deal, doesn't allow Cohen the opportunity for leniency unless Cohen had proven his allegations. So this is not Cohen's word. This is Cohen's word backed by evidence, evidence not yet released. And the reason why it is not yet released is because it is an ongoing investigation. So what they will say is, where's the evidence? The reality is, it's there, just not released yet. It's the middle of an investigation. You don't release evidence during the course of an investigation. That flies against the face of the entire American legal system. So when you hear Fox News and the GOP and all these people making all these arguments, which are complete caca, that 
Why, why, where is everything? Where is the evidence? Where is it? Ongoing investigation. So they have it. The judge in the case who accepted the agreement has seen it. So it's there. Now, the burden of proof will eventually switch over to Trump to disprove Cohen's allegations. So we're past he said, she said, word against word. He's over the barrel. He's absolutely over the barrel right now because now he's actually directly implicated for the first time. The dominoes are starting to fall. Now, that is how you can destroy the argument that he's unreliable. Because if he was unreliable, his pleas not accepted. So they can yell into their blue in the face that Michael Cohen is unreliable, but not in this case. You got to remember, Mueller doesn't accept it unless he sees some evidence and proof. So and it's out there. There are tapes. There clearly are documents, etc., amongst the 1.2, 1.3 million documents that were seized. Cohen is Trump's worst nightmare, and it's starting to come to fruition. There was a reason why he was so quiet about him for such a long time. There's a reason why. The same way he hasn't said anything about Stormy Daniels either. When this came out months ago, a lot of people thought that this was going to be, this was just tabloid stuff, tabloid stuff. No, absolutely not. Anybody who was paying attention, who listened to, you know, the attorneys talking about this, already knew long ago that this was a much bigger deal. And, we're, and this is, has nothing to do even with collusion or any of those other things that are going to come out. And I promise you, Cohen's got that. So he's encircled by this, by Manafort, who slowly is going to eventually fold. And then here's the other problem that he's going to face. Now he's got Cohen slowly, over the, next, the course of the next few weeks, releasing more and more information. This morning we found out Cohen is providing information regarding, with relation to the felony campaign violation, of which Trump is now an unindicted co-conspirator at minimum. Also involved Trump organization executives and also involved campaign executives. And I promise you, in that circle are going to be his children, okay? Including the daughter that he says he'd have sex with if he wasn't his daughter. Uh, his two sons. Um, and you notice that we don't even hear from Eric. So he's got to be, I mean, think about it. Don Jr. is... Uh, Don Jr. is Fredo. What about me, Michael? I'm smart. I know stuff. So that's that's Don Jr. And he's the one they let speak. <laughs> so you know, I'm going to imagine if he's the one that they're allowing to talk, Eric must be like, mm, really out there. So anyhow, now he's looking at family members. And guess what? They don't have any sort of immunity. Prior to all of this, you know, there was no connections there. They weren't facing jail time. Now they actually are, will eventually be facing jail time it's all out there anyone who will you know wants to talk to an attorney or people who know what they're talking about well, how all of these things work i mean just listen to what the analysts are saying it's all out there everybody knows it it's obvious it's now it's just a matter of time before it all starts crumbling down the issue is whether or not he makes it to 2020 and i'll take that bet to anybody counselor's calling it he's not making it to 2020 so to wrap this up before i go and get my popcorn and start consuming some more news as this reality show presidency begins to crumble. This is the big picture. And everything that's going to happen from here on, I think eventually is going to lead to this finality. 
Republicans in Congress, Trump supporters, which at this point are pretty much, you know, cult-like, at the, you know, 90% of the party supports this guy. So enough said. And possibly the Supreme Court ultimately are going to have to decide if a president is immune from prosecution for committing felony campaign violations, even when the felony was for the express purpose of helping the candidate win and was committed 11 days before the election. Because when the pig directed Cohen to pay the porn star and the Playboy model, as Cohen has now testified under oath, and I promise clearly has evidence of all of this, the pig committed a felony there and then. And I think it's sad when a formerly respected legal scholar such as Alan Dershowitz is out there saying otherwise. And it's no wonder that the best publication he got to listen to him was Newsweek. And of course he's on Fox News. I don't know what happened. Maybe the Russians got to him too or Trump has dirt on him. I don't know what it is. But Dershowitz has fallen off the rails. The point is any respectable legal scholar knows exactly what's going on here. And I don't know what Gaka Dershowitz is out there talking. So that's the issue. Because if you allow someone who is running for president to cheat and win and get away with it, then we are a banana republic, aren't we? So he had the worst week of his presidency because not only did all of these things happen, his economic advisor, Larry Kudlow, had white nationalists at his home specifically Peter Brimelow, who's a speech, who is a, a clear uh, white nationalist. If you just Google him, Peter Brimelow, B-R-I-M-E-L-O-W, a White House speechwriter who was associated with him was fired. Yet the economic advisor of the president had this man at his house and nothing. Nazis are in the White House still. I mean, everything I'm saying, Google it. Omarosa is out there still releasing dirt. The other part that people are missing in this entire thing also is that Avenetti can now continue with the Daniels case because Cohen is done as far as uh, it pertains to what's going on with him because that case got stayed. So now Avenetti, that bulldog is going to go after him too. So he's, he's getting it from there. There's one of the sexual harassment cases has also been allowed to move forward. The emoluments clause case, which was something that the president was guilty of the moment he was sworn in, which is basically making money off the presidency with the hotel he has a couple of blocks away. That case is also moving forward. So it's coming at him from all sides, which is why I'm, I'm, uh, I'll take the bet. He's out of there before 2020. He does not serve the rest of this term. All right, one more break. We'll come back with some fatherhood. So this morning, Mama Doc is helping me put the kids in the car. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was really out of it. I had a bad night, didn't really sleep well. So she does one kid, I do the other. I kind of wave goodbye, I completely forgot to kiss her. And uh, she comes around, gives me a kiss, and goes, Oh, by the way, our daughter is now saying, Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, if the. I get it. I'm a potty mouth, but I will 
take it to my grave that if the worst thing anybody ever has to say about my children is regarding their language, then I am an awesome father. Okay? Settled. And Mama Doc, who eventually will come on, I've already talked to her about this, and I said, you know, we can debate this because she feels very strongly about language a lot more than I do um, because I'm with one of my comedic heroes, George Carlin, in that there's no such thing as bad words. So maybe that'll be a nice, fun debate we can have down the road. So anyhow, that was uh, the show. Thanks for joining us, and I'm going to put something on at the end of the music if you want to hear an outtake. Thanks, Cutters. See you next week. Trying to edit the show, and I can't because my daughter won't let me. Why are you so difficult? Can you tell everyone why you're so difficult? She's just staring at the microphone. Now she doesn't want to talk. Come on. I want to. So why are you so difficult? Because I want to. You want to. I see. I wish you would let puppy work. Are you going to let me work? Mm, No. (laughs) Please. No. Let me work. I don't want to move in my office. (sighs) So this is why the show is late. Because I have a show later because I have a, a job to work. I know. This is my job. I'm trying to get the show out, but you won't let me. Because I have to go work. No, I have to go work. No, I have to go work. What work do you do? Twinkle. What? What's your work? Um, Twinkles. You do work at Twinkles? Uh-huh. That doesn't sound like a place I want my daughter working. Twinkles. <sighs> well, I have to do this. No, don't hit the buttons. Stop. Stop it. Okay, we're going to go play. You want to go play? Because I need to hide you. Okay. Say bye. Hello. No, I said say bye. I don't want to. <sighs> say bye, everybody. Um, hello. No, say bye, cutters. No, 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 no. I don't want to stand. Ah. All right. Bye. All right. I'm going to try to edit the show. Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. Uh, Something, 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 the cradle will fall. Do you know the words? Because puppy doesn't. Okay, bye. Let's go play. Let's go play. Whoa, 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 you're falling. Listen. Mm. Twinkle. Sing it. Twinkle. Can you sing, please? Twinkle, twinkle, twinkle little star. How I wonder what you are. Up. Above the world so high Like a diamond in the sky 
Twinkle, twinkle. Something's twinkle. <laughs> Let's finish. How I wonder what you are.